Meanwhile, at the old Xavier Mansion, Captain America asks to meet with Cyclops. Hello, Scott. Oof, I could have met you anywhere, Steve. I wanted to take the drive and see the old place. Oof, well, this can't be good. Mmm, hit me. Alright, here's the deal. The Land Massacre Co-op ballooned by 500%, with a second island and satellite heat signatures indicating there are millions more mutants living in the South Pacific. (laughs) Long story. There's more than just a panic and alarm bells in the air. There are incidents everywhere. The entire planet went DEFCON 1. Yeah. God, you look good in that suit. I must, uh, I know what it must look like, Steve. I, I know what it but, must look okay, like. Okay, okay, thank you. I, it's, it is new. I just got it taken in because I've, I've been mm. working out a little bit more. Okay. Anyway, I won't ask how it happened, but I need to know if it's permanent. Why don't you ask me again in a few days, huh? Uh, okay, and uh, also the other thing is, um, yeah. word around, uh, uh-huh. I heard Wolverine got drinks with uh, Spider-Woman and she said that... Uh, you guys sleep in the same bed with Jean? Is that is oh, that yeah. true? Uh, yeah, yeah, a lot. Like, what's? Do you guys like do stuff with each other? Yeah, like hard. Yeah. Does everyone in Krakoa do stuff with everybody? Oh yeah, we all went pan when we moved to Krakoa. You Avengers should try it. Oh, <laughs> oh well. <laughs> um, so you're coming to the gala, right? Ah, <laughs> uh, I wasn't before. Yeah. But I am now. Hey! All right, only I pick Wolverine. Damn. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 184 of CBQ Legacy, that's Comic Book Queers. I'm your host, Evil Jeff, and with me, as always, is Brett. Hi. Hello. How are you? Hello. I'm great. I'm great. Uh, what a great week uh, for comics and comics-related TV. I mean, so I couldn't be better. Um, fantastic. We have a lot to talk about. I think the biggest, I, the only hot topic I have to talk about is how we forgot to talk about Loki last week. <laughs> Yeah, and that's the opposite of a hot topic. Yeah, it's, it's like an embarrassing really topic. News. We completely forgot last week that Loki premiered, so luckily we'll talk about the two beginning episodes this week. Yes. Just think, of, we have a lot more to talk about. We have more Loki to talk about this week. So, it But was, we have yeah. so much to talk about. So let's get to it with some, um, let's get to some X-Men, shall we? The Hellfire Gala is still going strong. Hit Big it. Three, hit it. I want your So what a big week. Um, a turning point, if you will, for the Hellfire Gala story. Yes. Yes. But we had uh, Planet Size X-Men, which we'll talk about in a little bit. We also had New Mutants and X-Corp. Yes. Do you want to talk about the New Mutants thing first? I think we need to talk about New Mutants first. Okay. Um, yeah, I think we do. Because um, I... Uh, put out some thoughtless comments on Twitter about New Mutants and kind of stepped in it and and raised some ire, uh, maybe a little rightfully so. And I think we need to talk about uh, that and where we were coming from on that and why um, we should do better <laughs> than that. Um, but so 
New Mutants uh, is an issue, uh, mostly centered around a brilliantly written mystery of Scout and her absence from the Hellfire Gala. Um, but in the middle of the issue, Karma makes her appearance at the gala. And it is very clear that Karma still has a robot leg, which my first instinct is to say, but she came out of an egg. How? Like, why? Yeah. Well, we yeah. talked about so, this before. So, we thought it was a mistake in the reveal when she was yeah. out of the egg. Because, you know, you, you think coming out of an egg, they're just, you would be all your biology or original yeah. biology. And, yeah. and, and, and so I lamented the fact that she had a robot leg and realized that that's not exactly the best perspective. Also did not know that there was a discourse on Twitter involving Vita Ayala and they addressed it on Twitter and said the reason why Karma still has a robot leg is because to delete the robot leg and give her her old leg back felt like erasure of a disabled character, which I completely agree. Which we never even is, thought of. Like that didn't even we cross We never even mind. thought of is a wrong thing to do. And this is where, you know, first, I mean, this whole thing needs to be wrapped in an apology. I mean, you know, understanding the perspective of people who see karma as a disabled hero, as representation, we should never take that away. And for us to say, she should get her old leg back. Like, it's just fucking wrong. And it's just fucking wrong. Where I was coming from, A, logistics. And B, you and I have known her as a character who... With legs. You know, had an injury. Yeah. You know, had a and well, I mean, that's injury. the thing is like, I and for us, it just seems logical that if someone has an injury and they have an opportunity to remedy that injury, that they would do it. That's just what However, comes naturally to to us. But also, exactly. we're, we but, don't but, live in that world uh, as someone right. disabled. We can't say what that experience is like. And as somebody who may have met Karma after the injury, or even beforehand, and sees her as a disabled hero, which she is, and sees her as representation, which she is, and, and, and wouldn't want that taken away, you know, that is the perspective I want to defer to. Um Never would we advocate or purport, or advocate for the erasure of a disabled character. My God, never. Uh, and, you know, just got a whole dose of perspective that that is how people see her. And, and that is her value. And that is how she matters. And um, so, you know, I, I, I apologize for all the instances where I said, give her a leg. Um, because her value is so much more than that. And so, you know, I recognize that and I apologize. But I will say this, all this discourse sounds important. I think it should be in the comic. In the comic. Like no one, I think it would be great to have a scene where Hellion talks to Karma. Like what the fuck? I've been, I want to get my hands back. Why didn't you, why do you not have your leg back? Like, and then she can address it being like, this is who I am. Like, I would like to, to give like the more ignorant people like us who are like, what the fuck's going on to give that right. kind of perspective. And then to you don't have to, to deal with, then you don't have yeah. to deal with the backlash on Twitter of everybody that, fighting with each other. Give that conversation oxygen. I completely missed the freaking discourse that happened on Twitter a week prior to my stupid shitty comment. Um, if I had listened to it and, and been around it, been exposed to it, well, I would have been like, oh, yeah. Fuck and yeah. that is why this is Brett's last. I'm just doing this by myself from now on. Brett, you're canceled. <laughs> That's right. and Goodbye, everyone. <laughs> it feels great. No. 
Um, no, I mean, you know, karma, keep your leg. Like, it is fantastic that there is a disabled mutant who's got such a prominent role. Well, there's not one. I mean, come on. Forge doesn't have a leg. Uh, Cable well, yeah. doesn't have an arm. There's there, there's a lot. There's a, uh, there's a, they should form their own. Uh, and never would we be like, team. Forge should get killed because he can have his, like, his leg back. Like, we were, because. Well, I've mentioned many times Forge about be... uh, Hellion getting his hands back. Right. Again, because we witnessed the. The incident, but yeah. it doesn't matter if we knew them before. Like they're disabled now, and that is totally fucking fine. It's more than fine. Uh, they should be represented, and you know, fuck us. And and I'm sorry, I really am. Let's get to the issue. New mutants. Um, New mutants. This one, it didn't seem like. It was kind of just like it was just kind of showing how Danny Moonstar is kind of rising to like remember how when New Mutants came back in the mid 2000s and it was like oh what's the point of this team why are you and Emma was like Cyclops why did you reform this team and he was like cuz this is the team where we figure out who is going to be the next leader of who the, the next X-Men. X-Men are yeah like who's going to be the next leader of the X-Men oh the leader the leader yeah. and so it was between Karma and magic and Mirage and Sunspot. And and it just seems very clear that Mirage is respected throughout everywhere. Everywhere she went and talked to someone, they were like, oh, you're the, like, you're a person to be reckoned with. Like, we we know you. Carol Danvers was like, oh, hey. Yeah. And it's because of her Valkyrie roots, like, and and, and just everyone. I, I think people, I'm interested of, like, how much Valkyrie is still in her? Can she still see when people are dying? I, I think so. I think she still has all that. She was like the, the last remaining one when they all were slaughtered. Because not only that, she's now she's also able to still generate the fears and shoot her little diamond arrows, which is stupid. But she has access to all of her powers and the Valkyrie shit. Like she's yeah. a force to be reckoned with. And I do she's, think it is like, yeah. I love that she's, I honestly am kind of like, I would have loved to see Mirage on the X-Men team. Hell yeah, that would have been awesome. Make her an Avenger. We don't do that anymore, but she deserves status. Yeah. Um, other than that, it just seems like a lot of like just fun banter and look at the outfits and stuff like that. Yeah, I really Until the love end. the sense. <laughs> yeah, well, I love the sense of dread that Vita created throughout this whole issue around Scout's absence as soon as Laura was like, where's Scout in the beginning of the issue? My reaction was, oh, fuck. This issue is going to end with her dead body, isn't it? Oh, I did too, because we've already established that they don't know whether she can be brought back. Yes. And I love that Vita went there. Like, it's no longer theoretical. Now we have to deal with the fact Because I'm sorry. clone. Can you imagine if they deny it? X-23? <gasps> and she's an X-Man? X-23 is an X-Man coming being like, am I spent 2,000 years in the vault and you won't resurrect my sister? Well, she doesn't know that, but yeah. Well, she, but she, I mean, she does, she doesn't remember she's it. She's heard it through the grapevine. She doesn't know the memories, but she knows that she was there that long. I'm sure she was briefed on what was going on. Yeah, she was like, I went through what? And you won't what? Like, she still be, she was still updated before she, like, she knows that she was going in the vault. And you know what I mean? 
She just okay. doesn't remember inside of it. So I would be like, um, excuse me, I'm going to go talk to Mystique. And I'm going to help her burn this whole thing down if you don't fucking She's like, I'm the Wolverine on the X-Men now. Like, don't I, don't I get any special favors? And then Havoc comes in like, but Madeline Pryor, fuck you, yeah. Madeline Pl- Pryor. I mean, Madeline Pryor hurt people Scout never did. Okay, so let's just, as you see, like, they're leading up to this thing of where did she go? And she writes this weird letter to X-23. And at first it was like, is this a suicide note? And it's not. Right. No. And so I'm... It's it's like, let's be sisters again. Yes. No. So my thing is, it's like... Is, is she just clearly, was she just murdered by the Shadow King? Also, they in the beginning, they're like, she's kind of immortal. She can heal. She doesn't feel pain. How did she die? How did she die? And it was so hidden. It was likely the Shadow King, but was it? I don't and, know. And, I feel the only way and, to kill her is to turn her brain off. Right. And his whole thing was, listen... I got rid of the Shadow King. I'm just a Mal Farouk now. I'm feeling great about myself. I've never been happier. These kids came to me. I can't have you fucking it up. Yeah. So you're kind of like, is is he like not as shitty now? Yeah, it's just like, oh, we realized you were an asshole even without the Shadow King. Yeah. Or is he just as bad without the Shadow King? Yeah, right. exactly. Um, and then it's also still the fact that it's... Um, the for the the foursome the hate my the the body dysmorphia foursome. Yes, they found her. Yeah, Scout. because they were trying to go through the corpses to try and re take take over a corpse to like yes necromance. They want to become necromancers, which is no, just kids, so weird. Again, like just getting this into some shit. Drug addiction. I know. Isn't it? I liked it when kids used to smoke pot. My daughter's into necromancing. Ugh. The smells cool. from her room. My kid sniffs glue. Can you believe it? Oh, my kid married a demon here. Sniff glue. That's not glue. That's formaldehyde. Your kid's a necromancer. Oh, no. <laughs> um, there's also the warlock storyline. Where Warlock is like, oh, I'm kind of like, I feel left out of Bay and Doug's relationship. And then it feels like, you know, they welcome a third. Mm-hmm. Warlock's like, hey, I can do funny stuff with food. And Bay's like, I like this. But doesn't. And they're all cool. Doesn't Bay need a. Don't they need a translator? Right? Or does she like not. Right, right. Can, can Bay understand yes. Doug? Or can. Is it just only one way? I don't know. Because Doug can't understand what she's saying. I'm telling you, that means... Have they made progress? I mean, I have a feeling their relationship is just completely sexual. And that can only last for so long. Can it? He's like, what? And she just pushes his head down to eat her out again. Yeah. Yeah. They need the translator. Um, I would love it if this winds up Doug leaves Bay for Warlock. Let's do that. Well, do you remember back in X Factor when they had a falling out because Danger, uh, Warlock was in love with Danger? 
And but then Doug yes. fucked Danger. <laughs> yes. While Danger was like trying to fuck Polaris. That was Peter David is so good. Like Danger was just being like, there's just one where she like went up to like Polaris and was like, Would you like to have sex with me? And she's like, What? What? I don't want to be part of this conversation. <laughs> Wait. Um, I'm just gonna walk away from this. <laughs> and the Scarlet Witch was like, Oh, I'm flattered. No, thank yeah. You. <laughs> I was a really good run. Oh, anyway. Um speaking of, what happened to Danger? I don't know. Where what's her status on this whole island? I mean, I will say I never liked Danger. Me neither. So I'm not I don't miss her, but sometimes it's nice, you know, have things be addressed. Yeah. <laughs> Would it be great if they like just decommissioned? Moira was like, all right, first things first. <laughs> Danger has to go. <laughs> all right, what's next? Shall we move on next. to X Corp? Yes. X-Corp number two, which I thought was a measured improvement over number one. I will agree, but I still didn't think it was that great. It wasn't that great still. I uh, Between them, uh, so basically they welcome Mastermind to the board. which Because he can help I, them literally with their image, yeah, which I thought was cute. I think that's I cute, that but, cute, but it seems so untrustworthy and just so, I wouldn't trust Mastermind like... With, I wouldn't trust no. him with anything. I mean, especially the mastermind we saw in Hellions. Exactly. My God. But I do like that the whole like, wow, Warren, you're able to do all this without going blue. Not true. Mastermind. Has he been doing Hiding this the Warren. whole time? I wonder, was he doing it in issue one? But then when he was showering, was Mastermind st- sitting there in the shower? No. No, I feel like it's like in the heat, like when Warren was fighting. Oh, okay. Like when, when he gets angry. Guy, oh, right, right. He right. went blue. And Mastermind was like, ta-ta. No, no. Nothing to see here. PR. That was pretty cool. Monet. I do like Mastermind as an image consultant. It is funny. <laughs> yeah, it is That's funny. Great. I will say That's Monet great. is a little too one-dimensional at the moment from how she is in other things I've read, especially oh, X-Factor. I agree. She's a little just too, like, Joan Collins dynasty. Like, I'm a bitch and I have things I'm to do. I'm a very busy woman. I'm a very busy woman. I'll replace I'm just, you with the whole board that yeah, ex- gives, exactly. gives a damn. Yeah, ex- exactly. Where it's like, she's a little more nuanced, especially where they gave her the thing where she has this evil anger of the penance side of her that comes out. But I don't know. There needs to be some more humanizing parts of it. And I do also feel like the relate like Monet and Matrix have such a deep, long relationship, and yeah, there and none of that, and, it's very, yeah. and none of that seems to be apparent in the. They're almost strangers. Like I want Matrix to be like, bitch, you used to work for me. Like you know what I mean? They're treating right. him like this. like I deserve some respect. Like I'm not just a like idiot. we fucked. Like you realize like uh, you fucked the real me and Siren fucked the fake me and that's why I absorbed my baby. If I didn't choose you and we switched, I'd have a real baby, bitch. <laughs> I loved the Queen Amidala move that Jamie Madrox did, where he switched his um, Met Gala outfit with that of a dupe who was just dressed as like a typical Madrox yeah. waiter, and he was and, and spied on like. That's the kind of like this uh, this book got into the more kind of corporate politics, corporate espionage, power plays that I was hoping it would get into. Because for me, that's what yeah, I responded to in this. For book. me, tr- I mean, I would never have thought I'd say this, but Matrix and Trinary are kind of the most interesting things. 
Yeah. Which I'm like, what? Yeah, Monet's like, the way Monet is being written in this book feels like a drag. And Angel seems to be very, like, until the blue thing with with a mastermind showed up, I was like, hello, Angel, are you there? Like, Right, but he is. Yes. But he's hiding it. Yes. I did love a showering Angel. I did love the, like, shaking the feathers out like a bird after the shower. Loved that. Never saw that with Angel before. I know. It must I be a bitch it. to clean. Right? Especially when he molts. Ugh. Right? <laughs> I want to get into that Angel. I want to get into, like, Angel's physiology. Like, I want to get into his hollow bones. All that. Who has Angel hooked up with? There was Psylocke. Candy Southern. Candy Southern. Psylocke. Dazzler. Dazzler? When? In the Dazzler comics. Oh, yeah. There was a whole point where it was her and Angel, and it was when she was going up against Mystique and Rogue, were the bad guys. And then her and uh, Angel, like, had a few smooches. Okay. I mean, Psylocke was the main one. But now I want, I would also want to know, like, if you, so he's fucked Psylocke, but, but, so, but now, can you imagine having a girlfriend where the girlfriend with the body that you had sex with is no longer your girlfriend, and the real girlfriend's personality is in a body that you never had sex with? It's got to be a mindfuck. Well, he's with Quanon in that alternate dimension in Excalibur. True. She's back. True. Well, no, wait. I thought he was with Betsy. Oh, right. <laughs> yes. Oh, it's so confusing. <laughs> Anyway, X-Corp, your your stocks aren't rising fast enough. You're not meeting the (laughs) the third quarter expectations, in my opinion. Yeah, you... (laughs) X-Corp falls short of Q1 expectations, yes. Um, I am responding to Majorox, not responding to Monet. I am responding to Trinary, almost responding to Angel... Certainly not responding to um, Sunspot not being a part of this book. I feel like Sunspot needs to be an integral part of this book. Well, they're Come using on. all of his money. Come on! Yeah. Because um, who are the rich people? There's Emma, Angel, Angel Sunspot. Emma, Sunspot. Who else is the rich people? Who else owns a, like, blank industries? Well, I guess, like, you know, Xavier. Shaw. Shaw. Um, I feel like that's it as yeah. far as like the money, the funders, the daddies. Should we move on to Planet Emma's Size X-Men? Emma's the daddy. Angel's the daddy. <laughs> Let's Planet Size X-Men this bitch. Oh my God. So, so first of all, we were right. We were right. Well, not, we didn't, I don't think we, I think we didn't fully predict not how fully. it was going to happen. But it is. Not a Rocco. Yeah. We Planet thought the X-Men, X-Men. Were, we thought Krakoa was going to Mars. Arako is going to Mars. Arako is going to Mars. How about that this issue, I think I did not realize Hickman was not writing this issue. It was Jerry Duggan writing this issue. But do you think, I bet you it's like, do you think it's like scripted and planned out by Hickman? Oh, this is all Hickman's vision, sure. Right? Don't you think so? I think so. I think he's the showrunner. I think he is. And Duggan, you know, it, Duggan's going to write X-Men, so he's got to start, like, the new the new phase of Hickman's run. 
And I was talking about, oh, if they're going to take over, what does Magneto need to do? He needs to magnetize the core. What do they start Boom. to do? This what do you, things that make me happy is when they address like realistic scientific things. They even yeah. talked about how they enlarge the core so it would re and reignite its magnetic forces, and also they made it heavier so that the gravity would be the same. Like they're thinking Hello. of everything. They're like adults read comic books now. We have to think like adults. And then, of course, who's on their other board is. Um, on the other council, they have all Omega level mutants, one that can terraform the whole ground. Storm is recreating the entire atmosphere because Magneto uh, magnetized that the atm- you know the the atmosphere can hold in place. And then they're able, and then Iceman comes and li- literally with um, I loved how Iceman came with hope. Yes, was it just hope? Yeah, at this point, it's just hope. To suddenly unleash the water, like, it's just so brilliant. It's and so how about brilliant. The mutant, how about the mutant, like, worm dude on the Araco Council? Yeah. That's like, oh, my mutant power is to become a number of tendrils that eat soil and shit out nutrients. <laughs> like, yeah, it's very well, specific. That worked out I mean, great. Yeah, that, that was very, very convenient. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I mean, I just love that this was all Magneto's plan. I really thought all of this was Emma Frost's plan, but really who was behind all of this was Magneto. At least he was the diplomat. He was like the, he was the showrunner. Like he made it all happen. Yeah. So that's incredible. Literally the core of this whole thing is Magneto. The three mutants who did the ocean and the, the teleporting and the, the soil nutrient shitting, those were the three those are three members of the council. Those are like the day, like the um you know, they're like night day, you know, the way they organize their seats. Dusk and dawn or something. Yeah, yeah. Which to me just means they're great folk. They're good people. Yeah. And they move them off to Mars, so they just like you can have your own fucking planet. Because you're because all you want to do is create war. All you want to do is fight. When I and heard war. like Araco was twenty times the size of Krakoa, I was like, "What the fuck are they gonna do? That's insane!" Now we realize it was all set up for planet size X Men for planet Araco. And not only that, they decide to make a home base. <clears throat> That is that is the only place anyone outside of Mars can land. Otherwise, they're subject to a rocky torture, I guess. I don't know. Who knows? But you don't want to not land at Port Prometheus. Port Prometheus, by the way, was the idea of Elixir. I loved that Elixir, Quentin, and Jean were kind of like the Imagineers. Yeah. Like they, they like thought of everything. And there's that great scene with Quentin and Jean and Jamie Braddock where they birth. They literally have Jamie birth the second sword peak, uh, the second sword station that's going to serve as the defense now, of Planet Now, here's Orlando. the thing. Once I see that, I'm like, if you can terraform a planet, you can kill Nimrod. Oh hell! Because yeah. here's oh what I God. would do. Why is Nimrod a problem? No, here's again? what I would do: take a little, 
little tiny plane. And I am sure that you can use some kind of powers to make it invisible to all radar. You drive in with the same, you can use the same people like Gene and Jamie Braddock, fly in where you're within sight of the station. What is it called? The Forge Station near the uh, sun? Yeah. Yep, and yep. have Jamie or, Braddock yep. blink it out of existence. I mean, hello, you've got, they even, they even bring up, they even have a scene where Magneto goes to see Mercator, Mr. M. Yeah. On his other world. But you can't kill Nimrod? Right. You've got Mercator. You've got Jamie. You've got Proteus. You've got Xylo, who, again, can, like, shit out nutrients. Like, you can't kill Nimrod? Yeah, go shit some nutrients on Nimrod right shit now. Shit some nutrients down his mouth. It's one of those things where it is convenient. And I, this is not just true of the X-Men. It's true of every DC comic of where, depending on which issue are, like, Superman can be crazy powerful. And then the next issue, some B-side character punches him out. And you're like, Huh? Like, you know what I mean? Like, a one minute he's, like, lifting up an entire building. The next minute someone punches him. depends on the writer. Yeah, so it's one of those things where you're just like, okay, guess I'm going to go with this. I love the page where Xylo is shitting out his nutrients and he pops up and somebody created the giant statues of Apocalypse and his wife, the former Annihilation whose name is fucking escaping me right now. I don't fucking remember either. Oh, wait, Genesis. Genesis. Genesis, thank you. Um, The two black founders of this whole goddamn thing, this whole goddamn, like the mother and father of this whole species. Love it. Ah, crazy. So that's, I want more yeah. Quentin, Gene, and Jamie Braddock. Like, I want Quentin and Gene like brainstorming and then plopping things in Jamie Braddock's head, which he literally becomes pregnant with. What a scene! It's also just so interesting watching like so many of these comics all coming together. Of like, who was the first person to write? Was it was it Grant Morrison or was it Chris Claremont that wrote Jamie Braddock first? When they wrote Captain uh, Britain. It was probably Claremont, right? Or Alan Moore? Oh, that's what I meant. Alan Moore. Um, yeah. Yeah, Alan Moore. Like, it could be, like, Alan Moore. It's just, like, all the different writers that came together to, like, bring us to this moment. It's so very crazy. Oh. I'm just, just happy Rocco is not there anymore. Me too. <laughs> and um, speaking of Rocco, so they have their own laws, their own rules now. Uh, they have a data page, which pretty much breaks down the rules. One of them being like, you don't want to land anywhere other than Port Prometheus. Okay, careful. Um, Arako is the first mutant world. Love it. Attempt no landing except at Port Prometheus. Love it. Can't wait for that to happen. You know someone's going to land. Arako is the capital of this solar solar system. system. That's why the humans are so pissed off. That's what they're mad about. And then finally, hold fast. Hi there. For a message from the Regent of Soul, hold fast, hold fast for a message from the Regent of Soul. You know who I think that Regent of Soul is? Who? Miss Aurora Monroe. Oh, really? I think Storm is queen of the fucking solar system now. Hold fast. It's a marauder. It's Storm. Like, 
They show yes. like this, uh, her walking into a giant chamber. The fucking regent of the solar system is Storm. That's her next big storyline that Hickman's been cooking up for her. I also want to She's see, like, what can she do in space? Ooh. What can her powers do in space? That hasn't been fully explored. I, I just, I can't believe Storm is the queen of the solar system. I hope it's her. I feel it has to be. If it's not, then then it's bullshit. Then it's bullshit. It's definitely her. That's why she quit the team. Yeah. And then I love the data pages in the back. Oh, first of all, I love that the fireworks, quote unquote, are them actually terraforming Mars yeah. in front of everybody's faces. I literally thought it was going to be like images and fireworks. Like, ooh, instead of making a heart like they can do now, they showed, I don't know, mutant ascension in, in, the, in the, the fireworks somehow. No, it was Iceman being like, hey, hey, everybody, look at me. Yeah. Iceman was the fireworks. God damn it. Happy pride. Happy pride. Happy And then the data pages are like, the X desk is like, oh boy, we have a lot of work to do. And NASA's like, super cool. (laughs) But they're like, boom, boom. Well, they are like, I love how it's kind of like both of the rovers have been destroyed with the terraforming. Oh, that's so funny. They're like, well, I hope, does this mean we can't explore? We can't, we'd like to like. We not, like, are we done? I really liked the Mars project. I actually met Adam Stelzer, the guy who is in charge of the landing team of the original Mars rover and the one that's on there now. The gay he's one? He's probably shitting himself. Uh, the rockabilly one. He's not gay. Oh, he's, but he's not? very rockabilly. He's got like the big pompadour and sideburns. Oh, I just assumed he was gay. No, no. But I had him speak at a corporate event a few times. Oh, cool. And he's great. I, he actually uh, signed a Lego Mars rover kit for me. I still have it. Ooh. Yeah. Anyway, he's pissed. <laughs> but interested. Shall so we? That's the big... I mean, now we know why Infer- Krakow is going to burn down during Inferno. <laughs> they, they have a whole planet. Shall we move on to uh, the MCU? Yes, let's hit it. Someone who watch superhero sci-fi stuff with me. All right. We are now at our third MCU Disney Plus television show. Yes. Loki. Loki. Loki, Loki, Loki. Loki. I wish Loki was done like the old Martin opening theme. Loki. Loki. (laughs) Oh, no, you didn't. (laughs) What do you think, Evil Jeff? I am loving it. It's just so entertaining. It's great. It's great. It's absurd. It's uh, part of me is wondering. I was just saying part of me is wondering. um, I'd be interested if someone watch this without watching anything else if they'd be able to enjoy it. Listen, at this point... Who cares? You but, gotta watch everything. Like, yeah. like at this point, it's like, you've all been following along since the beginning, right? Because we don't have time for the rest of you. Yeah. So and rightfully so. How could you? Yes. So basically, 
it picks up with um, Loki and Endgame steals the Tesseract and teleports away. Yes. And apparently, messing with ta- messing with that, I love how um, Tony Stark doing all the time shenanigans. Fine. <laughs> They're like that was part of the timeline. <laughs> But I think what, honestly, what they're saying, but Loki doing that, it was like, nope, you were supposed to die. Nope. Bad boy. Yeah, you're supposed to die. Very Donnie Darko. You were supposed to die. Look what happened. You created an alternate reality where everything is fucked. So as Loki teleports away, we finally get to see where he teleported to. He goes to Mongolia. And then along comes these, like, time cops played by the girl from... uh, what is it? Lovecraft, uh, Lovecraft Country. Country. Ruby, who would turn into the white woman. Yes. Um, Love her. And they basically come and arrest him. And uh, they get the goods on him. Even though he's a god and all powerful, They these people have more power than him. And they take him to a They're world where powerful. he has, his powers don't work. And it's a very, like, it reminds me of, like, Legion, where he goes to. You know how like Legion, like yeah. it was sort of futuristic, but also sort of very retro. That seventies, seventies kitsch. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and he's just kind of wandering around trying to figure out like where am I? They're basically like sending him through all these things, like go here, go there, and he's kind of like just not taking it too seriously until the guy in front of him gets like vaporized. Right. Yeah. And then he's like, oh, shit, nope, I have my ticket. I'm doing everything right. And then he goes to a trial, and they're basically like, you aren't supposed to be here. You are a variant. And we learn as he's walking through, Miss Min- is it Miss Minutes? Miss Minutes. Miss Minutes describes that actually three lizard-looking people called the ti- Time Lords? Timekeepers. Timekeepers. The Timekeepers, basically, there were so many variant times that it was just like too much Everything was being crazy, so they need to keep it down to just one timeline. And anytime some anytime something breaks off into a new timeline, they have to put the kibosh on it to keep it down to one. So fun fact about Miss Minutes, the animated clock, um, that kind of, you know, provides the, the, the exposition, the, the, the trivia. Um, voiced by Tara Strong, who was also the voice of Tommy Pickles in Rugrats. Love it. Well, I mean, she's Tara Strong. I mean, she's the voice of... Oh, she's the voice of everything. I was going to say, Tara Strong and Cree Summer are the voice of literally oh, yeah. 75% of every literally cartoon everything. character. Yeah. Like, she's Bubbles. She, I mean, it's. I watched a video she's of her. She's Quinn. She's yeah. Barbara Gordon. I mean, just there's a video where she just goes one by one through them, and they all sound so different, and you're like, you are a genius. Yeah. Anyway, um... He goes to trial, and before he gets sentenced, I guess, to be evaporated by the girl, the the judge, the magistrate, is the girl from, uh, was it, uh, Fast Color? Yeah, Gugumun Bathara. So he's like, yeah, good to see you again. Love her. But then, who comes to shave him? Wow. Oh, wow. Oh, it's just a it's um, Owen Wilson. Oh, wow. Mm. Oh, wow. Oh, it's low. Let me tell you something. I have not realized how much I love Owen Wilson until Loki. I have not seen Owen Wilson in a thing in quite a while, five years, maybe more. And I just forgot how much I love him. 
and how great he is. Yeah. And how what what a welcome addition to the MCU he is. I have a question. So he's um what's his name again? Uh Mor- Mo- Mobius? Mobius. Mobius T Mobius. And Mobius, I'm assuming that's a Marvel character. Yeah, they would the TVA was in Thor. Okay, okay. Started out in Thor, Mobius T Mobius was in Thor. I think they may have then moved into She-Hulk. They were part of She-Hulk also. That okay. I could have made that up. Um, but yeah, no, they're Marvel. He's Marvel. But I'm Thomas. curious of like, is his character very similar where it's like a, a pencil pusher kind of? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Very like, you know, mustache, bow tie, the whole nine. The other thing I love is when Loki tries to escape and steal the Tesseract back, he finds a drawer full of <laughs> infinity stones. And, and this realizes, hilarious like, supporting yeah. character who's Casey, the, he's, who works at the TVA. He's like the best friend of uh, of Jason in The Good Place. Yeah. <laughs> he's very, yeah. Very Jason in The Good Place. Very Phil from WandaVision. Yeah. And, uh, and that's where Loki realizes like, oh, these people are more powerful than me. I must take it over. <laughs> of course. Because this is Loki, remember, who did not go through the character development of Thor Ragnarok and Thor the Dark World and all of that Infinity War. Like this, this is Loki right after the end of Avengers. But but he watches it. Villainous Loki. He does watch it. He watches everything we've seen. Yeah. He sees his mother's death. He sees his own death. He sees like him Uh, reconciling with his brother. Yeah. And he's affected. He cries. He also just kind of doesn't know what the hell. Like, he kind of is like, oh, I just want to take over everything. But now he's kind of like, like, oh, none of that matters anymore. Yeah. Mobius is very much like a head shrink. You know, he gets Loki to admit, I'm not evil. I'm just afraid. And meanwhile. I'm not evil. I just hate myself. Yeah. And meanwhile, there's another dude that's like causing, uh, like killing people, like time cops and stuff. Killing the TVA agents. We find out the reason Mobius T. Mobius has scooped Loki up and prevented him from being disintegrated for being a time variant is because he needs Loki's help to catch this rogue variant that's killing all of the TVA Minutemen. And that rogue variant is another Loki. Okay, so this was where I need a question. I'm going to have a question for you because this goes into episode two and they kind of start explaining it and they're like, it's always the Loki is one of the most problematic. A Loki is always causing variance, of course, because he's the master of mischief. But they kept showing that every Loki was different looking, like some were monstery, some were this. But I was like, but if it's one timeline, how did he become different looking? Yeah, it's kind of like it's one timeline in our perspective because the TVA has kept it as such. But things have been happening that are outside of our awareness where Loki has escaped, you know, probably far into the future, probably back way back in the past where Loki has been able to veer off the timeline. And they have to it, it, it keeps being Loki, which is so interesting. And like the reason we don't know is because they've managed to cut off that branch. And so we're unaware of when or how or why any of those branches or variants happened, but it's always Loki. 
And I will say, as soon as I started seeing the outline of the person of the evil Loki is always cloaked and you can't see their face, I was like, that person is smaller. And we do know, well, well, we do know there has been a female Loki and we do know there has been a child Loki. So I was like, it's either the kid Loki or the child or the woman Loki. Absolutely. So it turns out at the end of episode two, it's the woman Loki. I don't, is it? Or is it? Um, I don't think it is. Closed captioning has her dialogue listed as Sylvie. And Sylvie is a character from comics rather recently. When Asgard took over... Oklahoma, Brock's in Oklahoma in the comics. So this was around like fear itself era. Uh, Loki gave some Oklahoman girl, Sylvie, magical powers. She would then become, and she had short blonde hair, just like Sylvie, just like the woman in this show. She would become the new kind of like dark Avengers enchantress. So Sylvie was a human who Loki gave magical powers to, and she identified as the Enchantress. This is not, I believe, the same character as female Loki, which is Loki. I, I feel if it was, that's why fluid. I feel it would have they that it would have looked more. It, it would have had like well, brunette. It would have been brunette. Yeah, yeah, but Marvel did tweet out Loki's TVA um, form variant form like entrance form and under gender it says fluid yeah so this could be a loki who just calls herself sylvie yeah yeah Um, however talking about kid loki they keep calling loki a scared little boy all i see is a scared little boy scared little boy they say it like twice i think that has to that that's that's a portent to that fact that we will see a little boy Loki later. In well, the that's the thing is, but maybe, maybe Sylvie was given her powers by boy Loki and that is the, and she, and he's just having her do all the, the grunt work. Maybe. Or, well, Richard E. Grant is is in this show as well. We haven't seen him yet. Um, he might be an older, more evil Loki as well. I want kid Loki. I love kid Loki. Yeah, and I want it to be the kid from Stranger Things, Finn Wolfhard. Love it. Love it. Um, the thing that I thought was super interesting, though, so they established a, what a Nexus event is in this show. So a Nexus event is when a variant veers off the sacred timeline created by the timekeepers. And I'm going to ask you a question about the timekeepers in a little bit. When a variant veers off, they create a branch, which is very... Endgame, right? Like if you do something different than what's supposed to happen, you create a branch timeline. And then the whole point of Steve Rogers at the end of Endgame going back and returning the stones is that they were snipping those branch timelines off. What we didn't know is if those branch timelines exist for too long, they become unsnippable. They become a nexus event and they start to pretty much destroy reality as we know it. Wait, was that said in the, in the show? Yeah. Yes. Oh, okay. So the whole read, like they've oh, that's got why they have the time. time. That's why they, yeah. The timers they're like, down. yeah. Like when, um, uh, when Mimosaku's character, she was like two units left, one unit left when they were at the Ren fair. 
it's because you only have so much time before like you have to you have to disintegrate that event or shit goes down so a few things number one at the end of episode two lady loki sylvie creates a number of branches so that's a problem it it, it seems like too many branches for the tva staff to deal with um there is wandavision going back to wandavision where they had the pharmaceutical commercial for nexus The whole thing about like, uh, are you sad about your own reality? Go into a new one. Nexus. I feel like what Wanda did, bringing Vision back, creating all those realities, was likely a Nexus event that disturbed the universe. And this brings me back to a line from episode one from Tommy Pickles, Miss Minutes, who said, if a Nexus event goes on for too long... It will bring, it will veer into madness, creating a problem for the multiverse. I would have to think those are deliberate words because Doctor Strange 2 is called Multiverse of Madness. Madness. Also, you've got What If coming. I, I really think that the Lady Loki dropping the bombs creating the branched timelines, I feel like that Loki, if that's Loki, created the show what if that would be amazing that these oh that's like so crazy that the what ifs now fit into the plot of loki they i think they really are part of the mcu proper like it's not just like hey it's a cool marvel show no it's part of it that's cool yeah so cool loving it so Doc, Dr. Strange has got, he's going to have a lot on his plate after Wanda and Loki get through whatever they're getting through. But I do think we'll see Richard E. Grant as an evil Loki. Perhaps it is him behind this Sylvie Lady Loki person. I would like to see Loki identify as gender fluid and that this is actually a Loki variant. I would love that, the woman. That would be we'll fun. See. Oh, my goodness. I can't wait for the next one. I really can't. But you're going to have to. Oh, no. And you listeners are going to have to wait till next week for us to talk more Yay. because we're done. <laughs> we're done. Yeah, Thank you so out. much for listening. All right. Thank you so much for listening. Um, what a time to be alive. The Hellfire Gala is in full effect. The X-Men are on Mars. The multiverse is being created in the MCU. Stick with us. We are going to dive in hard to all of these things and more. And remember, if you read these comics we talk about, (gasps) then you really want to stick with us because that, my friends, reading comics, that is, makes you queer. So happy Pride, you queers. Bye. Bye. Bye.